You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 15. And welcome to Season 3, Episode 15 of Customer Perspective. This is our Ipsos podcast series aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. I'm Helen Wilson. I'm the Global Chief Experience Officer for our Ipsos CX and Channel Performance business. Now, I've got some great guests here today. I'm joined by Nick Caligari. He has had a really, really cool career, as well as being a CX master most recently with MultiChoice, where he was senior manager for CX. He's had a stint in journalism and PR, so he's a guy who knows how to put his point across. And I suggest that you check out his LinkedIn profile. This man has some interesting hobbies. I'm also absolutely delighted to be joined by my Ipsos colleague, Kendall Reindes from our South Africa customer experience business. Welcome, both of you. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Helen. So when I said to you, right then, Nick, what's the topic you want to talk about on this podcast? Uh, What's your passion topic? What kind of gets you out of bed? And the thing that you said to us was specifically the importance of culture in employee experience. So you went down that route. What is it you wanted to describe? Tell us about it. Look, um, you know, I I think and I've seen this in sort of every single role I've been in um, is we put so much emphasis and focus on what is it that customers want? What do customers want? Mm-hmm. And and how? what are the needs of the customer? And what are those needs that we're filling? Customer, customer, customer. And, and don't get me wrong, that's that's utterly important. Without customers, we've got no business. So, I mean, I common that's... sense, right? However, how many people actually turn around and go, well, the people who are creating those customer experiences, what do they want? Mm-hmm. And what are their needs? And what are their expectations? And what are their aspirations? And... You know, as customer experience people, we love using quotes and we put these inspirational posters, uh, you know, as the first slide on our presentations, <laughs> usually about the importance of customer experience. And what, one of the ones that, that really kind of sits with me and, and you know, it's, it's no secret, I think, you know, um, I, I think it's been around for, for years is um, Richard Branson saying, well, look after your employees first and they will look after your business. For me, that is the most integral part of running a business. If you yep. don't have people in the business, you don't have a business and they can't build these things for your customers. And you can see the love that your employees have for your business in the products that they deliver and in the experience that the customers have at the end of the day. You know, I always look at employee experience from like three aspects. The first being employee engagement. So just how engaged are your employees with your business? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Do they buy into what you are selling? Do they share the same values as you? Do they they have the same passion for the businesses as you do? Because if they don't, they're not going to be giving, bringing 110% of themselves to work. The second one is enablement. And as much as, as we say employees are the backbone of our business and they're so important, you know, if we don't give them the power to affect things in the business, then, you know, it, you're kind of defeating the whole object. You know, the, the old adage of phoning the call center to complain about something and the call center agent says, you know, very sorry you feel that way, but there's nothing I can do about it or I, I'm going to have to escalate this to somebody else. And, you know, call centers essentially being just a place for people to phone and complain to as opposed to something that can actually make a difference in customers' yep. lives. 
so 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 that's the second one and the and the and the and the the third one for me is um uh, innovation and voice of employee vo- or voice of customer via employees who better to know about the very products and services that you are developing than the very people working on them and building them you know if you want real feedback uncensored unfiltered feedback about how things are going, <laughs> you know, you only have to turn to your employees. You know, if there's a business process that is really creating a, a rubbish customer experience, your employees will be the first one to tell you mm-hmm. about it. And I, I do think that there's a, a level of customer feedback that em, employers don't necessarily tap well enough. And that's yeah. going to the employee. A lot of employers think a voice of employee is how happy are you in your job and your ENPS score. How likely are you to recommend your employer as a good place to work? You know, that's 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 only small Doesn't piece of the puzzle. Yeah. yeah, I'm with yeah, you aware yeah. of that one. There's a lot of lip service being paid to employee experience and not, not enough sort of closing the loop with employees as well. We're so focused on creating shareholder value and profit and revenue and cost cutting and those are the things that businesses should do anyway sure. but you know and 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 I, and I said this in the email that I sent to you when we were prepping for this is like I hate to break it to CEOs everywhere but employees don't get out of bed in the morning to create shareholder value I don't even know who my shareholders are I know that what I do will in inevitably create value for my shareholders but that's not why I do it I I do it because I want to see the smiles on people's faces when they're watching something on Showmax and it's it's made them laugh or it's made them cry or you know it's it's uh, it, for me it's about that that uh, that purpose purpose and it's that word mm. that's bandied around isn't it and we we talk oh. about it and some I feel genuinely deliver on their purpose what does purpose mean to you and is and to clarify is that what you think employees spring out of bed for? They don't spring out for creating shareholder value. Tell me more about the thinking there. Let me give you a bit of context to where I'm going with this. <clears throat> Recently, there was a uh, I came across a an article and it was it was quoting Anthony Klotz. He's associate yep. professor uh, of management at uh, Texas A&M University. Yeah. Um, and and he said something very interesting. He said that there's there's a massive what they what he's calling the Great Resignation is coming Mm -hmm. with more people having tasted the other side or, you know, working from home, the flexibility Mm -hmm. of being able to, you know, work in irrespective of where you are, the, the, um, you know, with various economies opening up again, people getting the vaccine um, and, and sort of, you know, COVID sort of almost becoming a thing of the past or sort of starting Mm -hmm. to look like a thing of the past. Now people are sort of waking up to the fact that they are not their jobs and they are not tied to their jobs, uh, and they're not even tied to their own geographies. So there's this big resignation coming. And the top reason cited for people wanting to resign, number one was company culture and purpose, and number two was um, the flexibility of being able to work anywhere. And, and I, f- I found it quite quite fascinating that over a third of people said that it was about company culture and, and purpose. And it got it got me thinking. It got me got me sort of digging a little bit deeper. You know, you're always hearing these stories about how it's so difficult for millennials and Gen Xs to keep jobs, and they job hop so much, and they or they they're all about the experience and not necessarily about the accumulation of physical items or wealth, etc. Um, and they they look for purpose in jobs. So they could have the highest paying job in the world, but if they they miserable in it, they don't think twice about moving on to to something else. 
and 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 I really think we're seeing that come to fruition now, where okay. a lot of people are, are are not sort of finding that purpose. You know, the the business is telling them, pointing at them, saying your purpose is to make us money. Which, yes, if you look at your contract, absolutely, that is what you're contracted to. But they're realizing that there's more to life, and that's the the purpose I'm talking about. So for me. Working at multi-choice, my purpose is to create emotions in other people. I am the reason you can watch a sitcom and, and laugh at it. I'm the reason why sports people stand up and cheer. And, you know, and that for me is purpose. Uh, you know, all the other stuff, making money, it happens. That's what businesses do. But, but for me, like I, I am proud and I hang my hat on the fact that I created that. I created that emotion. And I think what's becoming increasingly important for people is less so the money that they get from the – look, money is important. Let's not, we still have to eat. We still have to pay rent. We still have to you know, service our cars and, and all sorts of other stuff. But you know, it, it's, it's almost seen as ancillary to sort of getting that, that fulfillment that everybody sort of talks about. But, but you know, we haven't really been able to quantify. And I think we can quantify that now until you look at turnover <laughs> – and what it costs to hire people and yeah. replace people and retrain people. people. Now, all of a sudden, people saying, I am leaving your business because I don't feel a sense of purpose. It has a cost to it, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I, I do think there's something – we're still seeing the tip of the iceberg, but, I, you know, I'm seeing something come out of this. And that's sort of what's driving me into the employee experience side because I have this passion for, for developing people, for seeing people succeed. Yeah. Nick, we've spoken quite a bit about why and getting down to people's whys. And it can be quite difficult, um, especially when you're working with a team, to get them into that mindset. So quite often I use this analogy with my team where I envision us as a car. So basically every person is the a wheel of the car. And if they get a puncture or if something happens to that wheel, we're not going to get to the destination that we're trying to get to. Um, or we might still get there. We're just not going to get there as quickly. Um, so I've found that when you connect the person with their why, they work more efficiently. It's just It just works better. So do you have any tips or tricks that you've used in the past that actually help to make that connection and start? those conversations so and and it's interesting you mentioned that because because that sort of forms the fundamental basis of everything that i believe when it comes to sort of fostering a, a customer experience culture in an organization is first you, you need the buy-in of your employees otherwise they they're just going to treat it as a job they're going to come and do tick the boxes and then leave and at the end of the day you've got really what you know you're delivering experiences that are average, mediocre, they, they may tick the box, but they don't sort of create this sort of lasting sort of emotional connection that we always want our customers to have with our, with our organizations. I see two sort of aspects to this. The, the first one is the organization, so to use your analogy of a car, the, the organization has, has two choices. They can either open the trunk, throw everybody in the trunk, close the trunk and then drive to the destination and say, right, you know, here we are. Or they can say to the employees, look, this is where we want to go. This is the route we're going to take. We, we think you'll really enjoy this and this and this. And, you know, the viewer, yeah, do you want to come along? You, you know, and, and chances are strong you'll have employees who are like, oh, that actually looks kind of nice. We will come along, you know, get in the car and very happily go on the, on the, on the trip with you as opposed to being, you know, clobbered over the head and blindfolded and thrown in the boot and sort of said, right, you're coming whether you like it or not, you know. 
How do you do that? Now, that's, <laughs> that's the trick question. And, and for me, what I found is it's very important that people not only understand what their role is, but why their role is so important to the customer. And what is the reaction that the customer gets as a result of what they're doing? And, and, and a perfect example of that is, is recently one of the projects I was involved in was um, a CX culture project at, at MultiChoice. And one of the things we, we did there was to, firstly, you need an intimate uh, knowledge of your customer, your, your customer journey and every single touch point. But you need to go one step further. You need to know who the people in those in the organization are that really enable those touch points and enable the experiences on those touch points. And you can then tie them directly to the experience that the customer is seeing. And we did this in a number of ways. So the first the first way was that we collected customer feedback. But customer feedback that was very specific to your role or your role or your role. And on International CX Day a, a few years ago, we actually gave it to our employees. There were happy tweets and really excited messages and comments to say, you know, you guys did this. These happy customers are because of you, you know, Be- because you, Mr. Finance person or you, Mr. Content person, your actions directly influence this message here. And, and look how happy these people are. So that was the first thing. The second thing was we, we try to get sort of like this emotional tie between the employees and the and the customers. So it's not not just good enough showing them a tweet to say, look how happy this person is, because anybody with MS Paint skills can pull together a tweet. But it's about showing that emotion. So we got like these really emotive pictures of people enjoying TV, uh, people really getting excited by watching something on their iPad or on their phone. And, you know, it, it, it was just this imagery of, of this utter delight or sheer fear of watching a horror movie or the excitement of seeing their team score a goal, et cetera. Once they understood that, yes, what I do creates this kind of feedback from customers, but this is the actual look on their faces when they were enjoying it, the penny dropped. If I can just add something else there, it also speaks about the type of people you employ. If you as an organization know exactly what your customer experience is and should be, you know, you've answered those three questions of mine. Who are you? What do you stand for? What battles do you choose to fight? Once you've answered those questions, you need to hire people that can also answer those questions and not only just answer them because they've studied them on a piece of paper, but study, answer them because they truly believe in what you stand for, because your values and their values line up. And it's about hiring people who are a bit more emotionally literate, uh, p- people who are a little bit more empathetic, people who do value the same things that you stand for, et cetera. Um, but really, it comes down to making sure, again, those are going to be the three non-negotiable things that absolutely everybody has to answer before any work gets done, before any spreadsheet are developed or any presentations are developed. Do you know, it's interesting. And I was just thinking, as you, 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 you uttered those fantastic words, my purpose is to create emotions in other people. And I was trying to encapsulate in my head what it is that I regard as my purpose. And I'm not there. I'm certainly not there. But that point you just made at the outset, or just made now, rang really true. For me, it's that unlocking potential. You know, there's many other parts of my job, but I get really excited about that aspect of our job and, and how I can unlock the potential so we can deliver the absolute best customer experience in the case of Ipsos. Um, but I need to think more on that to encapsulate it. Simon, Simon, Simon Sinek is, is, I mean, and I'm sure everybody yeah. knows Simon Sinek at this point in time, but his start with why, you know, for, for me, yeah. that was probably one of the most illuminating 
things that I ever discovered in my custom experience journey was was his sort of start with why and and how he explains that it's not how you do it. It's not even what you do. It's it, why you do it first. It was interesting. I was talking to um, Ellie Shaw, who's the head of employee experience in Ipsos, and she was saying that um, she thinks to your point, Anthony Klotz is, is right. I mean, that, that's anecdotally from her speaking to human resources directors, but certainly hearing that kind of message. Um, they're doing some research, in fact, next month, I think it is, basically to get an up-to-date view on why people choose jobs, why they choose employers, and it's going to have a particular focus on 18 to 26-year-olds. So I'm, I'd be fascinated, and I think we should call Ellie back on, and obviously you're very welcome to come back on too, because I suspect Kendall and I were looking at data from back along in terms of what drives employees to stay, to leave, et cetera, and seeing quite a different picture. And I think yeah. you're right, Nick, it's changing. And we see that in customer experience. So I talk often on here about the forces of customer experience, so specifically about how you take relationships beyond the functional to those which are relational slash emotionally based. So you achieve that emotional attachment. And if you achieve that emotional attachment, then fundamentally it means that you're going to do you're going to spend more, you're going to stay a customer, you're going to recommend more, you're going to be, I guess, frankly, the cost to serve is lower. So it has those massive benefits. And going back to your point about employees, if you can get it right from an engagement perspective, from an enablement perspective, and you described it as innovation, but kind of as a source of intelligence about innovation, that, that really fits mm, in nicely. Absolutely. And, and and there's there's another level to that, um, yeah. and and it's 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 actually tied to a project that I'm busy with at the moment. Getting everybody, and I mean everybody in the organisation, from CEO right to right down to refreshment officer, to understand their role in delivering the customer experience. Yeah. You know, if if you went and spoke to a tea lady or a janitor and you said, what is your role in delivering a customer experience? Chances are strong that they would be like, well, you you know, I'm I'm not really sure, you know, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's about it's about showing them that well, you know, you you create a safe and sanitary environment for us to be able to work, so that we can deliver, you know, the services that we deliver. And yep. um, it's about keeping people caffeinated. It's about making sure that the, you know there's always sort of snacks in the vending machine, yeah. you, you know, so that we can keep motivated and keep going and keep energized, etc. It's that old story of the the uh, NASA. The researcher went into NASA and said to the rockets um, to the rocket scientists, you know what. What do you do? And they said, well, we put astronauts on the moon. And then they went to the janitor and they said to the janitor, what do you do? And he says, well, I put astronauts in on the moon because the janitor understood that without him, yep. the hallways would be filthy. There would be no, the toilets would be, you know, it's it just, and, and, and that's kind of where you want to get eventually a really mature customer experience organization will be yep. at a point where no matter what your role is, whether you are customer facing or not, you do have a role to play. And it's, it's about understanding how everybody fits into the customer journey. So for me, in addition to what I've spoken about, getting employees to buy into the organization and what it stands for and the values and and sort of really sort of having purpose and finding that purpose, it's also about understanding that sort of that sort of link. Um, I always talk about my three non-negotiable questions that I ask anybody when they talk to me about employee experience is, so the first question is, who are you? Then the second one is, what do you stand for? And the third one is, what battles do you choose to fight? 
and you you need to be absolutely clear on all three of those questions. You need to know exactly who you are. You need to know exactly what it is you stand for. So your values, your purpose, etc. And what battles do you choose to fight? Because we all know that you don't want to. You, you can't boil the ocean. Another great CX term. You can't boil the ocean, but. <laughs> You can choose those battles that you know you can win and that will make a massive impact on employees, customers, whether they're internal or external. So with that in mind, your battles. So you spoke about the project whereby you're looking to imbue everyone with an understanding of what is the role that they play in delivering great experience. That, I presume, is is one of your battles. Is that the battle right now or are there others you're fighting? There are many battle fronts, so to speak. We've got the the sort of the the internal battlefronts, which are getting employees to understand their purpose, to align with the values, or to contribute to our values so they align with theirs. The, the sort of internal engagement part that for me is a massive battleground. Um, you know, as I said before, I think it's underserviced globally. I don't think it's just a South African thing or an African thing or even a, a, a multi-choice thing. It's a it it really is a global thing. Then from an external perspective, I know that, you know, delivering digital services in Africa is a challenge. You know, we have affordability challenges. We have accessibility. You know, again, another another three things that I love throwing around is when you want to do business in Africa, your product or service has to be affordable, available and accessible. And th- those are also three non-negotiable A's. If, if yeah. one of those falls apart, you're going to compromise on the, the, the other two. So if, it has to be affordable, it has to be available, and it has to be accessible. But ultimately, I want my CEO to stand up and say, I pledge 25% of my bonus to customer experience. That is where I want to be. Brilliant. Everybody in the whole organization already has a CSAT KPI in their PDs, with, and, and it's not negotiable. But I want the weightings to be proportionate, and I also want the people who are most accountable to be the ones who carry the most weight. And I've yeah. worked with organizations who've achieved that and it's taken them time. But when you see the journey they've gone on and you see the business success having gone on that journey, a, cu- a couple of points to that um, in terms of your customer journey, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it's really important for organizations to remember that it has to come from the customer perspective. Often organizations talk about their customer journey and talk about it from an operational perspective. But from the customer's perspective. Secondly, something I'm going to share with you very shortly, Nick, is we have just conducted something called CX Global Voices. We've gone out to over a thousand professionals across 50 plus countries and we've got to take on CX maturity. So it's their own assessment, but it's fascinating to see where that compares. Nick Caligari, Kendall Reinders, thank you so much for joining us on the Customer Perspective podcast. Got any questions, anybody, then head to Customer Perspective at ipsos.com, which is our email address, and obviously head to ipsos.com if you'd like to find out more about Ipsos. I know Nick and I know Kendall will be delighted to take your questions. And of course, I I mentioned a few things there, and I'll be sure to reference those in any um, podcast cover text so you know where to go to get more information. But in the meantime, thank you to our wonderful guests. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. New episodes will be made available each week, so be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.